Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for the ASHP Advocating for Impact podcast, where every episode covers a policy issue impacting the practice of pharmacy. We'll do our best to translate the policy and the politics to help you understand how these issues affect your practice and your profession. My name is Anna Legger-Dopp. I'm the Senior Director in Government Relations, and I'll be your host for today's episode. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Kyle Robb, who is the Director of State Policy and Advocacy in the Office of Government Relations here at ASHP. And we are going to be discussing pharmacy technician product verification model legislation. Kyle, as we dive into this discussion, why don't you kick us off by talking about what product verification is and what are opportunities for pharmacy technicians or pharmacy interns to assist with it? Thanks so much, Anna. Uh, so on the, the broadest level, when we talk about product verification, uh, we're talking about a physical confirmation uh, that a medication or a product corresponds with the medication that was ordered by the prescriber uh, and is consistent with the labeling. So it's a, a physical confirmation of the physical product. Uh, when we got into this initiative that we're talking about today around pharmacy technician product verification, we really started out as looking at uh, tech check tech, uh, which is a terminology that's commonly sort of heard throughout pharmacy practice. Uh, and, and tech check tech refers to broadly a workflow setup uh, where a pharmacist is responsible for the initial review of the medication order uh, to certify that the, the medication as ordered by the prescriber is clinically appropriate uh, and that there are not any, uh, any clinical issues with the patient receiving the dose as prescribed. After the, the pharmacist signs off on that clinical review and designates the, uh, the prescription order as being uh, clinically appropriate, from that point on, the pharmacy technicians can actually take over the entire fulfillment process. So after that pharmacist completes the clinical review, the medication label would print out. Uh, that would then allow a pharmacy technician to pull the medication stock uh, from the pharmacy, uh, label it, and at that point, a second verification would occur from another pharmacy technician. So uh, our infographic is going to be helpful in sort of laying this out visually. Uh, but in, in a uh, traditional workflow in a pharmacy, a pharmacist would complete clinical review. Then a pharmacy technician uh, would do the initial fulfillment uh, of the medication. And then a pharmacist would then come back to perform a, a final product verification before the product can be released to the patient. In a tech check tech model, uh, that second physical verification from the pharmacist is replaced by a physical verification from the technician. So we really started out in focusing on final product verification uh, and doing a little bit of research to see where that is currently allowed and how people are currently using final product verification. When we started off on this research project, though, we very quickly realized uh, that final product verification was not the whole story uh, of the issue around technician product verification and around these, these workflow questions. And we basically found that, um, you know, in every state, the pharmacist is responsible uh, for the integrity of the product that's dispensed to the patient. So that means at the end of the day, the pharmacist and the pharmacy uh, in every state across the country are responsible for making sure that, that you know, the patient receives uh, the, the correctly labeled product that was uh, in, in, in accordance with the, the medication as ordered by the prescriber. How exactly uh, you get to that point, what the pharmacist's responsibilities are during that workflow process can vary a lot between states. Uh, so there are some states that do allow for what we 
typically referred to as tech check tech, uh, that allow technicians to engage in final product verification uh, when delegated by a pharmacist. But there are a lot of states that, that don't allow that. Uh, and additionally, beyond final product verification, uh, again, understanding that a pharmacist is responsible uh, for ensuring the product is correct throughout the medication distribution process. In addition to final product verification, uh, there are varying other levels and degrees of product verification that might have to occur according to state law. So, uh, of course, product verification has to occur before the medication is released to the patient or before it reaches the patient. Uh, but you also might have to have product verification required according to the law whenever the medication leaves the pharmacy. Uh, so that might be leaving the pharmacy to go to a patient, but also might be leaving the pharmacy to go to a different pharmacy or going to uh, into an automated dispensing uh, cabinet. Uh, anytime it goes outside the four walls of the pharmacy, a lot of uh, state regulations that we found uh, require a pharmacist to personally engage in physical product verification for that can occur. Um, additionally, too, with the use of automated pharmacy systems uh, or emergency carts, uh, oftentimes uh, laws in, in many states require a pharmacist to engage in physical product verification before medications are loaded into an automated system, uh, automated pharmacy dispensing system. Uh, and uh, many state laws require a pharmacist personally uh, to uh, review and update all the medications that might be in an emergency cart. Uh, so the, the, the reality of this is that in a lot of states, we start out focusing just on tech, check, tech and final product verification, but we, we found that in a lot of states, uh, the, the rules and the regulatory regime require pharmacists to engage quite frequently uh, in a lot of uh, distributive tasks that are involved in physical verification of a product uh, when we know that alternative workflows could be put together where instead of having to dedicate that specific pharmacist time and effort and doing uh, final product verification, we can come up with a system in which you have uh, a second technician verifying the work, manually verifying the work of a first technician uh, to create two layers of product verification. Uh, but then even beyond these manual verification workflows that we were talking about around tech, 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 you also have the second layer of technology in there. A lot of the requirements around a pharmacist to do these, these physical product verifications, right, stems from the fact that the pharmacist is uh, you know, the, the most highly skilled and educated person uh, on the uh, on the care team uh, in that particular setting. Uh, and we, we want this highly educated person to do a certification that, yes, at the end of the day, you know, there are no errors prior to the, the, the medication reaching the patient. Well, the thing is, though, we now have all this technology out there. We have barcoding technology. We have image capture technology. We now have more and more sophisticated software programming and AI that can recognize um, you know, certain types of products and, and do some of these functions. So now that we have these technologies that have enabled uh, the, these various forms of medication distribution and moving movement of medications uh, in which we can be more confident uh, about the, uh, the, the physical product, uh, at this point, we don't really need to be actively involving pharmacists. So I think, you know, we do, uh, a lot of health systems have already done this reflection. A lot of states have already done this reflection to say, okay, what parts of these processes have to absolutely be done by a pharmacist and what other parts of the process can just be generally supervised by a pharmacist, uh, but actually delegated to others. So that is sort of, you know, setting up everything we have there. So, you know, um, when we talk about this model policy that we're putting forward and we talk about this initiative, that's where we talk about technician product verification. Um, we do think that includes final verification and tech check tech. Uh, we think that should be allowed in all 50 states. Uh, but simply just addressing final product verification doesn't address all of the existing hurdles in the law. Uh, so we really want 
uh, or what we're really, really pushing for here is for any of these, these bottlenecks in the law that are um, snarling pharmacy workflows and requiring pharmacists to engage uh, in all of these distributive work, how can we reevaluate these laws and how can we empower technicians uh, to engage, take more responsibility over the, the sort of day-to-day uh, -day management of these product verifications uh, while also maintaining patient safety and integrity uh, through these sort of workflows that use technology and enable them. Uh, so setting that up, and I gave you a little bit of a, a hint there here, Anna, you know, uh, talking to our research on this um, and the, the variability between state laws. Can you give us a little bit more of a summary of what we found in terms of what the law currently authorizes uh, for pharmacy technicians to engage in? So to what degree are, are pharmacy technicians currently able to engage in product verification and uh, what hurdles currently exist in the states? Well, in addition to what you described in terms of getting our vernacular right around this topic, we needed to do some initial analysis of the current state of authorizations and allowances for this type of activity within the states. And as to be expected, and, and as usual, if you've seen one state, you've seen one state. There's a lot of variety in where states are currently in authorizing pharmacy technicians to engage in product verification. Some highly motivated learners and members of ours worked and collaborated with us to conduct a all 50 state analysis of, of the, the current authorizations. We looked at, um, at every state and compiled a database and then um, took a next step to verify that data with, our, with key contacts within every state and contacts at our, with our state affiliates to make sure that we were interpreting what we saw accurately. And from that work, uh, we found that 28 states authorize pharmacy technician product verification to some extent in one form or another. 22 states don't authorize it at all. But even within those 28 states, it is highly nuanced. As you mentioned, sometimes it's explicit for tech, tech, tech. Others, it's around tech, tech, technology. And so there's an opportunity here for not only those 22 states to advance authorization that they don't currently have, but also for the 28 states with some, some form of current authorization to, to look and evaluate for opportunities for, to improvement to, as you said, leverage the role of the pharmacy technician and all the technology advancements that we've seen in this space. So this work has informed what we're putting forward as, as our, our next steps. And so uh, back to you, Kyle. Um, why is this a priority for ASHP that we're trying to support efforts to expand technician, pharmacy technician, product verification, and and what are the opportunities? Uh, you know, I think, as I mentioned before, we just realize in conversations with stakeholders and conversations with pharmacy leaders that there is a lot of untapped potential uh, in terms of uh, workflow efficiencies that could be realized uh, by more rightly optimizing the the involvement of pharmacy technicians. So, I mean, I think that was the, the, the main opportunity that was out there in front of us. But I think in terms of, you know, a strategic initiative, um, there are uh, an alignment of stakeholders here uh, that I think is is very 
um, conducive to, to, to pushing progress on this. So um, as most people listening to this podcast probably already know, um, ASHP was involved in launching the Pharmacy Technician Society late last year. Uh, and really in doing that, we we're trying to create a, a professional home that's specific to the needs of pharmacy technicians. Um, you know, ASHP as a whole, we, we advocate for the profession of pharmacy and the advancement of pharmacists and pharmacy technicians and pharmacy interns. Um, but we understand it's important for technicians to have their own voice. Uh, and this is specifically a, an issue where, uh, you know, we, we want to bring together all the different various stakeholders. So um, we know through our conversations with health system pharmacy leaders that there are some innovative things going on in certain states where these things are allowed. Uh, and, you know, these best practices should be shared and disseminated and everybody should sort of share in the, um, uh, you know, in the, in the optimization of workflow. So that's one thing, right? We, we, we see an opportunity um, where people have uh, successfully implemented these programs where these things can be spread. So I think there's an appetite in terms of health system pharmacy leaders. Also on top of that, though, with the launch of the Pharmacy Technician Society, we see this as a uh, a good um, issue or starting issue for, for TPTS to get involved directly in advocacy for their own profession. Um, so as this is sort of a, a means for pharmacy technicians to advocate uh, for their own uh, increased role uh, in the practice of pharmacy and, and for technicians to be, uh, you know, uh, advocating for, for their own voices in terms of what pharmacy technician scope of practice should look like, um, what the profession should look like, and, and how to create new opportunities for pharmacy technicians. Um, so, you know, I, I do think that there are a couple of things coming together here. Uh, you know, I think this uh, this fits in with our broader uh, direction that we see pharmacy practice heading in uh, in in all together. Uh, and this is a necessary component for the, the advancement of both pharmacists uh, in terms of the profession of uh, pharmacists and also of uh, pharmacy technicians, too, as well. So uh, in. And speaking to that, though, um, you know, we we hope that pharmacy technicians will be involved in advocacy around this. We hope that health system pharmacy leaders will be involved in advocacy around this, as well as our state affiliate societies. Um, how are we, Anna, uh, as ASHP, going to support and enable those advocacy efforts around uh, pharmacy technician product verification? As we've done with other initiatives, and, and Kyle, you've led so much of this work in the past, but um, starting with some some shared principles on a, a policy topic, and then moving forward with some model legislation allows for us to look for those opportunities for states to enact legislation or regulation that they don't currently have or to potentially revise what they what is currently in existence. And so um, consistent with that, we are going to be disseminating several resources to support to inform these advocacy efforts at the state level. Um, there'll be some model legislation. Um, in looking at the, the 50 state analysis that we did, we identified the states that we think uh, did it really well and took some core elements and then developed model legislation from that. In addition to the model legislation, there are several companion resources to help aid in those discussions. And as we develop those resources, the, uh, the target audience that we had in mind were those policymakers within the state, maybe those key decision makers within hospitals and health systems or other healthcare organizations, just to try to have that elevator conversation, um, give resources that can provide some sort of immediate understanding, but then also create some urgency around action. And so some of the companion resources include the infographic that you mentioned. Um, there'll be an infographic that, that'll explain what this is and, and why it needed, why it's needed and what it what it will afford in terms of 
allowing the pharmacists more time to provide clinical care, improving efficiencies, as you said, and then elevating the pharmacy technician role. Um, there's also going to be a document that will explain the, give an executive, executive summary to the model legislation and outline the core elements within that model legislation. So there's six core elements, six key elements that we'll give some narrative to, to explain uh, what the model legislation is trying to achieve. And then uh, a top 10, what are the top 10 frequently asked questions that might come up during these policy discussions within your organizations, within your state, uh, within your state associations. And then we also are gonna be having a webinar coming up at the end of February. We'll be um, disseminating this with some key leaders and, and continue to disseminate it and amplify it across all of our communication channels. So um, look for more. You can find this information on our key issues web pages. And with that, just kind of circling back to bring it, bring it back to the big picture, Kyle, um, where does this authorization for pharmacy technicians or interns fit into the bigger picture of leveraging those roles in pharmacy practice? I mean, absolutely. We talk all the time about pharmacists need to being need to be being more involved in clinical cognitive services, uh, and that the real value uh, and the the expertise of pharmacists really does lie in those clinical services and not necessarily distributive services. So, I think as we we moved uh, as 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 I mentioned before, right, as we evolve the profession of pharmacy, uh, moving more towards a clinical uh, focus rather than a distributive and fulfillment focus. I think it's necessary uh, for pharmacy technicians to become more involved in the distributive and fulfillment portions of the profession in order for pharmacists uh, to be able to get more involved in the clinical portions of this, right? So technician product verification should be allowing pharmacists and inpatient settings to be more involved in rounding with care teams to spend more time uh, on um, order verification uh, and on collaborating with their prescribers. Uh, similarly, in outpatient settings, right? Um, uh, Technician product verification can enable uh, additional provision of clinical services in outpatient settings too as well, uh, whether that be in a clinic setting or in a pharmacy setting. Um, I think on a broader um, scale though, in terms of both uh, pharmacists and pharmacy technicians, and we, we've talked about this more for pharmacists, but this also applies to pharmacy technicians too as well. We talk about um, you know, transitioning towards a regulatory framework that uh, is a standard of care approach. Uh, and by that, I mean, you know, uh, establishing what is lawful uh, for various uh, practitioners to do basically starts out with the, the key question of, is this person trained and educated to perform the service? Uh, and is the patient receiving the service, receiving the same quality and safety of service as someone would expect uh, from any other practitioner? Uh, and basically, if those two conditions are met, then the general assumption is that you are allowed to do the thing. Uh, rather than being uh, in a rules-based regulatory framework, which is what most states currently are for pharmacy, right? Which is the, the board or the regulator says you can do X, Y, and Z, and all of the things that are not included in the list of things you can do, you cannot do. Um, we need to move towards a standard of care approach, and I think technician product verification is part of that, right? Um, setting out the, the broad guardrails that say, look, Technicians cannot engage in any sort of activity that requires exercising of discretion or clinical judgment, uh, and they can't engage in any activity they have not received any formal training for. However, if it's a non-discretionary task, if the technician is trained, and if a pharmacist delegated the technician to do the task and provide supervision, then the technician can do the task. 
so that means any task associated with the physical preparation uh, and uh, verification of physical product can be delegated to a technician under that regime. Um, so I think it's just really uh, important that we move towards a standard of care approach for both pharmacists and pharmacy technicians. And I do think pharmacy technician product verification is a key, um, a key component of moving towards that uh, for technicians specifically. So as you think about that movement, um, what's what comes next, Kyle? What do you what do you what, what are the goals moving forward? So, you know, as we mentioned, we put out the model legislation. So we, you know, you can you know, just sort of create a living example of, you know, this is what a permissive policy that enables all the workflows we're talking about. This is what it looks like, right? Uh, as well as the infographic that explains this is what we're we're talking about when we talk about these workflows. Uh, and, and, you know, the additional documents you put up there. So we're putting those out there to really create the tools uh, for our advocates in the states uh, to really go towards to their legislators, to their boards of pharmacies, to their own institutions, to their health systems, because there, there might be states in which, you know, the, the regulations allow for this, but health systems just aren't really leveraging these practices. But we want to create uh, or provide the tools that will allow these advocates in various different forms um, to advocate for the expansion of technician product verification. Um, in some states, it's going to require going to legislature and getting a law passed. In some states, it's going to require going before the board. Um, in other states, it might just be uh, just getting the sign off within your institution, within your department. But whatever that advocacy looks like, uh, our, our purpose with this initiative and ongoing is really to give our advocates the tools they need to move practice forward. Uh, so now that we're launching this initiative, you know, again, as Anna mentioned, you know, part of what we're doing is we're providing a webinar. We're going to have all these people, uh, leaders from health systems in states that really leverage these services to talk in depth about, you know, all the different capabilities uh, of doing technician product verification to really give everybody an understanding of, of what the opportunities are out there. Uh, once everybody fully understands, they'll then have uh, the, the model legislation, the model policy, and the explainer documents that will help policymakers understand what is necessary. And really, um, what we're hoping to see here is a movement uh, in terms of what is allowed, right? Right now, we're close to 50-50 in terms of half of states allowing this and half of states not allowing this. Uh, so within the next few years, we would like to see that move closer to 100% being the end goal. Um, so we're going to continue tracking what's going on in terms of, uh, of legislation. We're going to continue to share best practices uh, and get an idea of, of uh, you know, what the needs are of patients and of health system pharmacies are, and we're going to continue pursuing all that. But uh, what's next is hopefully we'll be seeing some uh, additional laws getting passed in states uh, that further expand technician scope of practice, and we'll have additional use case scenarios uh, to talk about all the different ways that technicians can be leveraged in different pharmacy workflows. Well, great. This is all the time that we have for today. I want to thank Kyle for talking about this new opportunity for uh, pharmacy technicians and, and health system leaders to advance um, with their advocacy efforts. We were talking about the pharmacy technician product verification model legislation. So stay tuned and keep your eyes open for those resources and be sure that your voice is heard. As a pharmacist, a pharmacy technician and a constituent, you have tremendous influence at the state and federal level. Please visit ashp.org to learn more about key issues, grassroots efforts and ways that you can get involved in ASHP advocacy efforts. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. 
Join us next time on ASHP Official.